0: You've heard Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Bergen and McCarthy. Still waiting to entertain you on CBS are Rocky Jordan, Horace Hyde, Joe Stafford, and Dick Ames, R. Miss Brooks, The Whistler, and Red Skelton. Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with
1: Rocky Jordan. What'll it be, mister? A cup of coffee, please. Enjoy it, monsieur. Anything else? No, that is all. Just the coffee. Please serve me at that table. Uh, here you are. Merci. Please sit down for a moment, monsieur. Yeah, all right. I've got a minute. Hey, you sure you're all right? Okay. I'm all right. Monsieur, you have uh, entertainment here at the Timberlake? Entertainment? Oh, no, no. Uh, you've come to the wrong place. But for the night trade, surely there are girls who dance for the customers. No, no girl stuff. I tried it once. It never works here. I fail Why? again. Here is the money. Oh, is something wrong with the coffee? No, it is not. easy there, fella. Please. I... <sighs> hey, Chris. Help me with this guy. He's passed out.
0: Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world, takes you now to the Café Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient East, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Holiday Weekend.
1: I'd been wondering if I shouldn't include myself in on the holidays. A long drive up the Nile Valley, maybe. Anything to get away with some memories for a while. I was mulling it over Friday evening when a customer came in. An overly tired-looking man, shoddily dressed up to his beret, who sat down for black coffee. Right away, he started asking about girl dancers who might be entertaining at the tambourine. When I told him I didn't have a floor show, he got up to leave. Then suddenly passed out, sprawling across the table. Chris and I carried him to the cot in my office. I called in Dr. Manetta, whose office was close by. Uh, If you will help me get his coat off, Offender Jordan? Yeah, sure, Dr. Manetta. Now we will see. Hmm. There's a passport in his coat pocket. Name's Marcel Pretan. Yes, yes, in a moment. Some pages torn out of a phone book. Cafe and nightclub listings. Look at this.
2: Huh? Fat roll of bills. You'll be able to pay it. Ah, and the money is nothing. Life is everything. Is it that bad? No, I think not this time. Nothing but extreme exhaustion. Uh, this man has obviously been denying himself food and rest. There, there. Oh, he's coming out of it. Uh, now, Mr. Jordan? Yes? Uh... Just give him these capsules. In a few moments, he must rest. Then we shall see.
1: Thanks for everything, doctor.
2: Not at all, Fendi Jordan. Uh, Keep him quiet. I will be back as soon as possible.
1: Monsieur. Are you going to be all right, Marcel? I must go now. No, no. doctor says stay right here. But, monsieur, there is so little time. Listen, uh, I got the idea a while ago. You were looking for a dancer you thought you might find here. I know that she is in Cairo somewhere. I have tried for two days to find her without food or sleep. Want to tell me your name? Madeleine. Madeleine Roche. She had no money. She would have to get work. It would not be difficult for her. Stay right there. Maybe I can help.
3: Carrot Theatrical. Mooney Davis on the phone.
1: Uh, Hello, Mooney. Rocky Jordan.
3: Rocky! Don't tell me you're going to break down and put some life into that cafe of yours. (laughs) Not yet. Uh, Hey, uh, hold everything. I got just the act for you. Three luscious babes in a line. You wouldn't believe it.
1: Well, I'll settle for a dancer named Madeline Roche.
3: Roche? Never heard of her.
1: Well, uh, she's new. Find out about her, huh?
3: Oh, think again. If it's a Frenchie you want, it's Lily Latour. Everything from the can-can to just what pleases the customers. You wouldn't believe it.
1: Now, uh, stay with Madeline Roche.
3: Okay, Rocky, okay. I'll call you back.
1: What does he say? Uh, nothing yet. And he'll locate her if anyone can. But soon, monsieur, you do not know. I must find her. I figured it was time to give him the capsules the doctor had left. They seemed to settle him down. Fifteen minutes later, he was dozing off when the phone rang. Hello, Tambourine. Hey,
3: you're asking the impossible, Rocky.
1: You didn't find her, Mooney?
3: Sure I found her. Two days booking and she's a smash. Where? At the Dynasty Club. Way out in the Shariel Bouca. Madeline Roche is the headliner, packing them in. You wouldn't believe it. Thanks, Mooney. But Rocky should cost you a fortune. I got plenty more like her.
1: Yeah, don't be too sure. Keep booking them, Mooney. But Rock... I turned to Marcel on the couch, but he was asleep. Well, maybe it was the season of the year. Anyhow, something told me to get Madeline and bring her to him. My car took the last space in the parking lot out at the Dynasty Club. I got hooked inside for a cover charge, but it was worth it. The first show had started, and Madeline Roche was nearing the end of her first dance. I wasn't surprised then why anybody'd be looking for her. And it wasn't just the rhythm. She had one of those intimate routines that seem intended just for you. It impressed me that way, too. Madeline was dark, slim, and willowy, and she grew on it. My I stayed with every move she made till it was over
4: oh,
1: and I pushed my way through the crowd, bribed my way backstage, I the And room door with a six-pointed star. On it.
5: the screen. Just a moment.
1: Oh, take your time, Madeleine.
5: Uh, now perhaps I am more presentable. Oh? Huh?
1: Ah. You're presentable. <laughs> Thank you, monsieur. But
5: uh, do I know you?
1: Uh, Rocky Jordan's the name. A friend of yours sent me.
5: <laughs> but of course. So many times a friend has the way of sending gentlemen backstage to see me.
1: Well, I can give you this guy's name.
5: Well, is it so important?
1: He thinks so. He's in town looking for you.
5: Oh, really? Always a gentleman looking for me.
1: This one is Marcel Pratan.
5: Marcel? Oh, I do not know such a person.
1: He described you, Madeleine. You fit.
5: Oh, well, that could mean anything. Besides, what concern is this of yours? Oh, I only came to take you to him. But you will not take me anywhere, Monsieur Jordan. And now, please leave. I must get ready for my next number.
1: Huh? Suit yourself. Only he's not going to give up. He'll find you.
5: <laughs> Again, Monsieur Jordan, Please, go.
1: I didn't feel like going, but I did. It wasn't just the strange attraction in Madeline's eyes. Puzzle was there, too, only it hadn't told me anything. Well, I tried for my good deed. Outside the Dynasty Club, I get into my car in the parking lot, found somebody waiting in it. A solid fellow with a square jaw and an off-brand cigarette. It is a pleasant evening. Let's
2: keep it that way. Agreeable. After we talk. You know, I uh, I meet so many people... My name would mean nothing to you. Then what does I uh, heard the name Marcel Pretin mentioned. How could you, unless you had your ears to the keyhole? <laughs> what about Marcel Pretan? I would like to see him. Gun and
1: all?
2: Where's that padding under your coat? This uh, girl, Madeleine, she's quite a woman. One who could very well tie a man into knots, huh? Eh? Sure. Now, supposing we drop the curtain, huh? You refuse to help me with Marcel Pretan? I tried to get that across. Then perhaps you could tell me your name. It's a dark
1: secret. Now, if you'll get out of my car. Very well. Goodbye, Mr. Jordan. I couldn't figure him. A Greek throwing questions that he could already answer. Me, I got back to the tambourine, ready to tell Marcel where to find Madeleine and drop it right there. But when I reached my office, he was gone from the cot. I noticed an ashtray with a cigarette still burning and it told me that Marcel had just left. I wondered why. And when I went out front, I thought I had the answer. Directly across the street in the doorway stood the Greek. So he'd followed me. Maybe Marcel had spotted him and beat it. When I went back into the office, I was still wondering why. Yeah, hello.
3: Rocky, what are you trying to do to me?
1: What is it now, Mooney?
3: You're asking. So help me The owner of the Dynasty Club's about to blow his top.
1: Why, what about?
3: He says you were out at the Dynasty Club tonight talking to that dancer, Madeline Roche.
1: Sure I was there. What's wrong with that?
3: The girl just quit her job, walked right out in the middle of the show. Why, Mooney? Well, the owner blames me. He says I got you to buy her right out from under his nose. He's funny sore. You wouldn't believe it.
1: Hey, uh, where does Madeline live?
3: Rocky, get me out of this. I got a reputation.
1: Give Mooney. What's her address?
3: Uh, Parisian Court, Sharia Mousse, uh, in the French sector. But if you haven't hired a... Hey, what's cooking, Rocky?
1: Mooney, you wouldn't believe it. Right away, I was out back in my car, heading for the French sector of Cairo. If my visit had done this to Madeleine, I want to know about it. The Parisian courts turn out to be a group of small cottages running back from the street. I picked the only one with a light in the window. Oh! Mind if I come in, Madeline?
5: You can... You can do whatever you like, Mr. Jordan. I am very busy, as you see.
1: Ah, Packing tells me one thing. You're leaving more than the Dynasty Club.
5: Yes, that is right. I am going away.
1: Then tell me something, will you? Was it my visit that made you decide to leave town?
5: Of course. Your Monsieur Marcel sent you to me again.
1: Oh, no. Oh, Marcel's gone. I don't know where he is.
5: Oh, really? That is too bad. Will you hold this?
1: Uh, Madeline, listen. Yes? Will going away really help? Oh. Oh, Rocky, please.
5: Please, you do not understand. You could not.
1: No, I don't know what Marcel means to you. Maybe I shouldn't. You don't want him to find you. That's your business.
5: No, no, it is only that while you are getting into something you would not like. Oh, please, believe me, you would not, Hockey.
1: All right. But I think you ought to know one thing. Oh? There's somebody out scratching for Marcel. A heavy Greek loaded down with a gun in his shoulder holster.
5: Hockey. I must
1: pack. Who is he, Madeleine? What's it about? Madeleine, look out! Ah! I died dragging it to the floor as the shot came from this dark window. It was intended for Madeline and barely missed. We held it there, waiting for another, but that was all. Three seconds later, I was up and out the door, running through the court to the street front. And what I saw was the stocky figure of the Greek, rounding the corner under a street streetlight off into the night.
4: And walking well behind me, stopped again. Maybe it was Jarvis. Maybe it wasn't. There was one way to find out, keep going. If it was anyone with no business with me, okay, he'd stop following. I cut to my left, away from the main walk and toward the shadowy bulk of the college buildings. I kept going until I reached the gymnasium building. I was leading my pigeon to me. But who was the pigeon? My toes were beginning to turn in, so I figured I was. Then the bulk of the big building popped up in front of me. I tried the door. It was open. I went in, closed the door behind me. There was no light at all. Only a funny sound that I couldn't identify. A peculiar humming, and there was a smell... Chlorine. Yeah, chlorine. Now I knew where I was. An indoor pool. The hum was the filtering machinery. I wanted to turn on the flashlight, but in a place like this, I couldn't give Jarvis the tip on where I was. I had to get out, so I felt my way carefully along the tile floor. I kept what I guessed was the middle of the walk around the pool, and then...
6: Peace of mind.
1: It was in the back of my head,
6: Sam. But instead, I find you once again in the middle of some unanswered violence.
5: please, please, Captain Sabaya. You must not blame him. He has saved my life.
6: (sighs) Very well. Still, neither of you saw who fired from the window. I saw who was getting away, Sam. I described the Greek to you. But still, you did not see him fire the shot. What more do you want? A motive, such as Miss Roche might give us if she would.
5: But I do not know who would want to take my life.
6: Then your relationship to this Marcel Pregdan, uh, you can tell us that? Oh, come, Miss Roche. If you want the protection of the police, you But m- I do not ask
5: for the protection.
1: You better think about it, Madeleine. You'll come trying again.
5: Please. Arky, all I wanted to do is to get away. If you will permit me now, Captain
6: Sabaya. You are at liberty, Miss Roche. <sighs> Sorry, Sam. Maybe I can get some more. Jordan, you will leave this to me. I will see what I can do about the Greek madeline and i
1: went out together out at the curb in front of headquarters we stood waiting for a roving taxi she was real quiet i figured she wanted it kept that way and turned to go Rocky. yes madeline
5: thank you again
1: sure well what happens now
5: No, i still plan to leave caro
1: you don't have to All you have to do is let us help you.
5: Rocky, do I know why you want me to stay?
1: Maybe. We could have fun. I'll show you Cairo and the desert. There are lots of things we could see and do.
5: No. No, you would not like that, Rocky. Why not? Because I... I am married.
1: Marcel Pritain?
5: He is my husband.
1: Yeah, I'd figured something like that. And maybe I hoped it wasn't so.
5: Now you see why it is even more necessary that I go before we, well, before you and I become involved.
1: We could. Why are you running away from him, Madeline?
5: Oh, there is a taxi. All right. Hey, taxi!
1: Shall I see you again?
5: Oh, yes, if you like, but not at the course. I will be at the Hotel Alexandria. But you must not tell Marcel if you see him. Promise me.
1: Anything you say, just be careful, huh? Good night.
5: Good night, Rocky. Hotel Alexandria, cabby.
1: As Madeleine rode out of sight, I decided that would be the last I'd see of her. She was every bit right. It had to be that way, no matter how she or I felt about it. So I caught another taxi to the Tambourine. About nine the next morning, a call came from headquarters telling me to come right down. When I arrived, Sam was there, and I saw he'd reel something in. Seated there was the square jawed Greek.
6: Jordan, you have seen this man before? You can bet I'd seen him,
1: Sam.
2: Good morning, Mr. Jordan.
1: Yeah. Have you told Sam all about it, or shall I do it again?
2: We have been talking.
1: About how you tagged me around, you saw your chance, and bounced a shot at a defenseless girl? A moment, Jordan. And we go on from there. Maybe I'd better luck with Marcel Pratain.
6: Jordan! This man is Nicholas Parga. Yeah, like he said, the name's not important. But it is important that Mr. Parga is an officer from the Athens Police Force. What? He is in Cairo on very special business. Huh? What business? That is what Mr. Parga now wishes to tell you. If you will, Mr. Parga. Thank you, Captain. Mr. Jordan, two
2: weeks ago, a wealthy man was engaged in a card game aboard the Spartan Queen. The Greek ship sailing the Mediterranean. The exact details of what happened are not clear, but the result was that the wealthy man was killed by his card partner for a large sum of
1: money. You're telling me Marcel Pratan was the killer?
2: We're almost certain of that. Moreover, we are absolutely sure that Pratan's wife was there and saw the whole affair, she alone. Now, she could be of invaluable assistance to the police if she was admitted. Well, you might ask her. have yeah, more than once. But our problem of the moment is finding pretend. It must occur to you, Mr. Jordan, that you have been harboring a criminal.
6: Just what is this leading to? We only wish you to tell us where he is, Jordan. I don't know.
2: Mr. Jordan, although I am in a foreign country, there are always ways of bringing pressure.
1: I still don't know. Not since he skipped out of the tambourine last night after he saw you hovering around.
2: Could it be that you warned him?
1: It
6: could be, but it wasn't. Uh, Mr. Fargo... It is possible that Jordan is telling the truth. Mm.
2: All right, if you say so, Captain. But if you see him, you will let us know.
6: Yeah,
1: if I see him. I went out, got to my car, and drove through the morning traffic across central Cairo. Going someplace, I told myself I wouldn't go. I wanted to hear the answer from Madeleine's lips. The Hotel Alexandria was a little off the main drag. I parked on a narrow side street, and soon after that was knocking at Madeline's door.
5: Oh, Hockey, I was wondering if you would come.
1: I had to, Madeline.
5: But I am glad you did. My plane leaves in an hour.
1: Oh, this is something else. I've just had a talk with somebody. Nicholas Parga, Athens Police.
5: Parga. I see. And what did he tell you?
1: Everything. That your husband is wanted for murder, but you saw what he did. Is Parker right?
5: Oh, Rocky. Rocky I did not want you to know. Is
1: it the truth, Madeline?
5: Yes. Yes, it is all true. I saw it, but I will not admit it to the police.
1: So Parker didn't fire the shot through your window. It must have been your own husband, Marcel.
5: Rocky, I told you that you would not like this.
1: Madeline, I can understand why you'd want to keep away from him. He's a murderer. He's afraid of what you might tell, so he wants you out of the way.
5: Oh, he should know better than that.
1: Just what is it you're afraid of? Not the bullets, or you'd have turned Marcel in long ago. Rocky,
5: have I not told you enough?
1: Listen, there's a way, Madeline.
5: What do you mean? To
1: hand him over to the police. He's trying to find you. All we have to do is let him know where you are and when. That'll flush him out.
5: No, no, I couldn't. He tried to
1: kill you, Madeline. He'll keep on trying. I'll turn him in and you'll be free. You won't even have to testify in court.
5: Rocky, just why do you want to get Marcel out of the way? Is it really because you wish to see justice done? Why else? Or or is it because you want me? (laughs) You do not answer. Perhaps you do not quite know yourself.
1: I think I do now. I think you're right.
5: Rocky, I...
1: Come on, Manley. I'll take you to your plane. Madeleine didn't have to answer i picked up her luggage and we went out she settled up at the desk and then we went quietly on around to where my car was parked on the deserted side street i was about to stash the luggage in the back when i saw him come around the other side of the car with the gun i regret to break up your plans however charming put down the luggage monsieur oh
5: marcel please please i will not tell anything
1: how can i be sure i can tell you that marcel i don't know why but she won't tell no she will not When a man is hunted for murder, he must do what he can to preserve his life. Even if he must take that of another.
0: Even yours, Madeleine. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. You no, I hope your family was one of the many who enjoyed big, frosty glassfuls of Del Monte pineapple juice with Easter Sunday breakfast. There's just nothing quite like its tempting tropical flavor to go with everything from ham and eggs to a hot buttered sweet roll.
1: Well, you're likely to find Del Monte pineapple juice on our breakfast table most any day of the week, Larry.
5: That tart, sweet flavor is always popular.
0: There's no mistaking the true balance of tartness and sweetness you find only in fully ripe pineapple.
1: So far, the five-story method seemed to be working. I was aboard the ship as a seaman, and a few seconds later, I was shaking hands with the man who shared my quarters, Al Roda, on a salary for four years as Intercontinental's marine investigator.
7: Hiya, Al. Hey, it's been a long time. How are you? I'm fine, fine. It's good to be working a case for you again. Hey, uh, is it all right to talk in here? Yeah, yeah, but let's keep it down. I've been on this tub since it left Singapore, and nobody's on to me yet, but play it cagey on deck. How much did they tell you in jolly old Hartford?
1: Well, they gave me just the basic situation, that, uh, that Intercontinental insured a bunch of crude rubber from British melees before the devaluation of the British pound sterling. Half it, I understand, burned in a warehouse in Singapore.
7: I bet to the tune of over a hundred thousand insurance bucks. I flew out there. Signs of arson, but no proof. I followed the other half of the crop here to Savannah. Hey,
1: uh, this company that owns it, Malay Traders, kind of an outfit, is it?
7: They are. Angels been up against British customs a few times, never nailed. They own their ships, and the branch here, headed by a Mr. Pila, imports basic commodities like the rubber and minerals. Mm -hmm. Well, the point is that since this crude was insured before the British pound dropped, they can bring in more loot destroying it than they can selling it.
1: Yeah, I guess that's over. And I take it the policy covers until they
7: do sell, huh? That's it. I thought we were getting rid of it here. They packed it away in their warehouse, but then three days ago they started loading it aboard again. That's why you were sent down.
1: What's the matter, Al? Don't you think
7: the company trusts you? <laughs> uh, I guess they figure I need help. And they're right. Where do you think we're bound, Johnny? Well,
1: my paper's at Corpus
7: Christi. And the scuttlebutt is that Corpus is just a stop that we clear there for Mexico, Veracruz, where arson investigation isn't what it could be. After that operation in Singapore, what else would they Hold do? It. But... Hold it.
6: Hold are you in there? Uh... Yeah. Hold stop.
2: Ship's articles are in the company office, corner of the warehouse. Go ashore and sign them.
7: Yeah, okay, right away. Uh, sir? <laughs> nice try, sailor. Oh, and, uh, if you'll take a word of fatherly advice... Well, practically anything you say, go ahead. That, uh, that girl in the office, the Malayan half-caste, she's the boss's daughter. Ah, my. Ah, my. Is that for
0: appreciation,
7: or is it her name? Both savior dreams. The chief, our friend Holstaff, is as possessive as he's big. And you know something? I don't blame him.
1: I didn't blame Holstaff either, after I saw Armai. You could tell she had enough accidental know-how to be proud of what the Oriental did to her looks. Ah, my, indeed.
5: If you like, I will write later telling you where I am. Then I will do anything you wish.
6: Only let him go.
0: Is it so difficult, Monsieur Jourdan? The decision? It is yours alone to decide.
6: On the contrary, Mr. Pretend. Sam! Greco, Abdullah, come out now. Take this man away quickly. Sam, what are you doing here? We'd expected something like this. Oh, no. Miss Roche, I see that your bags are ready. One of my men will escort you to the airport. Rocky. You'd better go, Madeline.
5: Yes, you are right. Goodbye, Rocky.
1: Goodbye, Madeline.
6: Well, come now, Jordan, let us walk in... Try to forget this thing. You know, you can feel fortunate that you were spared the decision, Jordan. Yes, Sam. Um, some things aren't easy. Mm, as you say. About the trip which you planned, you will still go?
1: Yeah, for a couple of days, maybe.
6: That is good, Jordan. For countless ages, men have found peace along the Nile and in the desert. I guess this is a good time for it. Yes. It would be good if the whole world would pause for a time to ponder the eternal newness of life. Surely it reflects the dream of all men, yours and mine, that of a greater beyond.
0: Canned fruits and vegetables at their finest. For dependable quality always. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jane of as Sam Zabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music composed by Richard Durant and conducted by Ivan Ditmars. Remember, you have a date next week at the Café Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is... Adventure in Zakazik. Zeke. <laughs> On busy days, on lazy days, there's no easier dessert than a big bowl of luscious Del Monte peach halves. They're tender, they're mellow. They're the best like peaches in the whole wide world, and thrifty, too. Buy Del Monte peach halves tomorrow. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.